Thank you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, welcome to one of my episodes this week, which is actually a true crime one. So, <laughs> yeah. so you're going so, to be crying. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, yeah. I hope that you're all having a good start to the week because if it's already crappy, I'd recommend turning this episode off now. <laughs> <laughs> Just go do something else. Yeah, forget about this week's episode. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's probably going to be a two-parter. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was tr going to try and squeeze it into one, but I we'll see how the time goes. But I think it'll end up that I have to cut it in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this case is pretty brutal, and also it does involve kids, so trigger oh warning. No. There. I just um, want to leave. I can't. Yeah. I can't do ones with kids. It is. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Uh, there's a lot of child abuse, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, uh, you sure I can't just leave. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're I, remotely recording, so you won't know if I just like. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you can just take your headphones off and just just occasionally be like, "Oh," and it'll just I'll just assume that you're responding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, so I might cry. You might cry. Oh. Um, yeah, it is. It is a really, really horrible case. Um, also. Unfortunately, I am going to refer in general to them as a family throughout the episode, but that's more just for ease. I really don't like having to call them a family because they weren't. Um, so I just want to put that out there. That okay. It's for ease because they are technically a family, but the parents are such pieces of shit. It's not a family. It's not a home. Um, oh. But yeah. <laughs> that's just i was like i don't want to keep calling them this word but i am bummed out now yeah. yeah and it hasn't even started <laughs> yeah um so yeah let's jump in um straight away uh and just try and get it done yeah <laughs> and try not to, try not to think about it um okay so on monday the 26th of march 2018 a passerby driving along the northern part of Highway 1, which was a clifftop road in Mendocino County, California, that they called the emergency services to report that there was an SUV upside down on the rocks at the bottom of the cliffs. Oh. There seemed to have been some kind of a traffic accident causing the car to swerve over the edge of the 100-foot drop into the waves below. Jesus! Or that's what the police assumed first off, but we know what they say about assuming. It makes yeah. an ass out of you and me. So the car belonged to the Hart family, made up of a lesbian white couple called Jen Hart and Sarah Hart, uh, formerly Gengler, and their six adopted children who were all black. That's a lot the, of kids. It is a lot of kids, yeah a lot of kids yeah like i've got uh, three at the moment and that feels like a lot yeah imagine doubling them <laughs> no that no <laughs> yeah 
the couple, Jen and Sarah, they came from South Dakota and had met at Northern State University in Aberdeen, uh, which is not not our Scotland, Aberdeen. <laughs> uh, in America, Aberdeen in America. Um, whilst both studying special education, okay. Sarah completed. Yeah, Sarah completed her degree. Jen didn't finish uni. I mean, um, I know couple, that you said that they are absolute pieces of shit, but you would not think so from this at the moment. You wouldn't, and that's what nobody else thought either. Uh, the couple, they found their lesbian relationship, it caused issues with people in their personal lives, sadly. That's and just I say no sadly, need. Yeah, I say sadly for just generally, like, people living their lives. I don't feel sad yeah, for Jen and Sarah. like, <laughs> you're sexuality like whether you're gay straight bi or whatever that should mm -hmm. never cause issues in your personal life being an right. absolute piece of shit on the other hand should absolutely. cause problems yeah, absolutely should. yeah um so yeah but they uh, moved around a little bit uh they were fairly openly gay which you know it's still brave now at times and especially back then in so you know the 90s into the early 2000s um and by all accounts they were blissfully happy with a family they'd made for themselves by adopting their six kids but now on the 26th of march 2018 they were all dead well, um just the kids right nope every Hang on. single member of that eight person family were dead whoa yep so to understand as much as we can about this tragedy, though, we have to go back, grab your timelines. Timelines. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to go back about 14 years, 14 years from 2018, not 14 years from now, to 2004. So, yeah, so, I was just doing the maths in my head. 19 years. Fuck. 19 now, years. Are you sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 2023. Yeah, 2018, yeah. Yeah, so 14 years from back to 2004 to talk about the first three of the six children in this family. Uh, they were three siblings, Marcus, aged seven, Hannah, aged four, and Abby, who was just two years old, um, who had been assessed by CPS. Um, their mum sadly had issues. I'm not sure on the specifics. The documentary I watched just said issues. Um, yeah. that the three kids, they weren't receiving the medical care they needed. So they were kind of being neglected. Um, the mom actually made the hard decision to relinquish the kids to the adoption agency because she, she said she wanted to do what was best for them. So she obviously was a caring mom, just struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So she wanted them to be found a new home where they'd get the care that they needed. Um, which oh. unfortunately was not going to happen. No. Uh, in 2006, yeah, the three siblings were adopted as a family unit, which was, you know, incredible. So often siblings will get split up in the system. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the couple, Jen and Sarah, who adopted Marcus, Hannah and Abby, they were very on board with keeping them as a unit. Um, and Jen and Sarah seemed like they had a lovely home. They were open to therapy for the kids to help them adjust. They took them for speech therapy and ensured that the medicines they needed were kept up correctly, which again, the, 
documentary didn't go into details about what medical care they needed, but yeah. yeah. It just and, seems oh, bloody odd. I know, to do this, to go to all that effort. Like what yeah. happened? Mm. Get onto it. Like, but yeah. yeah. Because it doesn't sound like they're uncaring crap burger people at the moment. Don't give the impression of being. They're very they're very good at making it look like they're doing what they should do, unfortunately. Um Yeah. But yeah, at at least initially maybe not, we don't know. As after time had some time had passed, the kids were checked in on to see how they were progressing. And yeah, in every way, they seemed to be doing amazingly well. Yeah. Um, in 2008, so two years later, th- uh, three more children joined the family, bringing them up to their total of six. They were, again, three siblings. Uh, Devonte, who was five. Jemiah, who was four. And Sierra, who was three. Oh. Um, their mum, sadly, was a crack cocaine addict. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, they were living in Texas and the state sought to terminate both parents' rights. Um, I think this so I'm is guessing just the dad wasn't great either. No, I want to say I don't think he was in the picture. Um, I don't yeah. think he was involved with them. But yeah, that are But he can't have been great to terminate his rights as well. Well, yeah, true. Um, their aunt wanted them to stay with family though, and she was fighting for that. Um, she, yeah, she was actually granted custody at first, but while she was at work, um, her daughter, uh, let Devonte, Jemiah and Sierra's mum into the home to see them. Oh no. Um, and just such awful luck in many senses. A support worker just so happened to visit at that time. Um, and yeah, CPS decided that it was too high risk and removed the kids instantly. Um, the aunt desperately tried to reinstate custody and actually adopt her nephews and niece, but she was denied that, which I think is so heartbreaking. It's so hard because it's like, yes, you're trying to do what's right for the kids. And if the mum's in having her parental rights sort of removed, they can't Mm -hmm. be around that. But for uh, such yeah. as you say it's a mistake on the daughter's part and yeah oh, it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. all around and to know yeah to know they had like loving family who wanted them is just gut-wrenching yeah um but yeah the in june of 2008 the siblings were moved from texas to minnesota for a six-month trial with the hearts who had applied to adopt them is and that i, I have no idea how far away those are from each other quite far i want to say um texas to minnesota <laughs> i have to check how to spell it da, da, da. just want to see oh yeah, 1,277 miles. Okay. So or an 18-hour drive. Like, that's oh, wow. a big change for kids. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, they're, they're getting, changing, like, climate and everything as well. <laughs> yeah, they're getting completely, like, as you say, just plucked, out plucked away from where they've got family. and mm, Yeah. Um, 
And I don't like this as well because I just feel like I never like when this happens. I feel like it takes away that connection to their birth family. Um, the hearts changed Jemiah's name to Jeremiah and the spelling of Sierra's name to S-I-E-R-R-A when it yeah, was C-I-E-R-A. I don't think they should be allowed to do that. They've got their names that they were given when they were hmm. born, unless it's like they need a new identity because of parents, like being that yeah. high risk. Mm. Like but That yeah, doesn't I... seem fair. No. It's so not like adopting old... a dog that you can just call it another name once you've brought it home. Yeah, it's like, no, these are people with identities. You can't yeah. just change their identity. Like, not like I know from getting married, like deciding to change your last name or not is such a big decision and a part of your identity. Yeah. Like, and then and to have like, no control over that. Yeah, exactly. To just say, oh, we don't like it, we're changing it. Yeah. And then that's um, like rejecting the kid because it's like, so you don't like part of me. Like, I've been pulled out through no fault of my own from everything I know and now you're mm. saying that part of me is that wrong yeah exactly um yeah so anyway that happened and from the outside the hearts seem like the perfect and progressive family well I but, disagree after they've changed their kids names well yeah <laughs> but in the days following the car crash the police started digging into who they were and they found a big social media presence with pictures and videos of the kids where they were smiling, laughing, hugging one another, singing, doing crafts, picking fruit in the garden or visiting the beach, posing with like handmade signs that talked about, you know, like love for all and stuff. Yeah. Um, like from the online presence, the family seemed to be living this kind of magical, charmed life with two nurturing parents who were racially sensitive, switched on and incredibly brave. Jen was described by those who knew her as having a good sense of humour. She was social, fun, outgoing, uh, while Sarah was the more reserved one. She was quiet with a really sweet personality. Uh, Jen was the social media whiz. Her pictures were described as art, capturing the most incredibly creative beautiful portraits one person said that they looked like they could be in a magazine um police also discovered that the family had been in the media spotlight before in 2014 when there was a rally to protest the fact that a white police officer wasn't indicted for the shooting and killing of 18 year old michael brown i don't know if you remember that no uh, Okay, yeah, I vaguely remember it, um, but yeah, obviously it, it didn't happen over here, and yeah, yeah, things in the press do kind of yeah don't always make it over this way. No, uh, it is disputed whether the teenager behaved threatening, threateningly or not, and according to BlackPast.org, he appeared to have been apprehended due to his race. So the Hearts went to the rally with their adopted children. And Devonte stood out as he was dressed quite quirkily, uh, something that seemed a regular aspect of his dress. Um, he was wearing a fedora, a leather jacket, and he had a sign that read free hugs. That's quite a, um, he was, a fedora and a leather jacket. Yeah. Um, he was featured in an iconic photograph. It's really actually a very well-known photograph, hugging a white police officer whilst uh, Devonte cried. 
Yeah. And this went viral, being used as a symbol of healing racial divides, of innocence and courage, of the possibility of a harmonious world if everyone could just be as innocent and loving as this little black boy. But there were others who spoke out against this, basically calling it a sham, put on for the picture. A photographer from Portland, Oregon, called Alex Reidlinger, mm. uh, he was one of those people who spoke out. And he brought some disturbing information to the forefront. Um, Alex was actually at the rally and witnessed the hug between Devonte and the police officer. And he says that it was far from this private moment captured movingly by Jen that the picture made it look. There was like a ring of photographers around the pair and Devonte did not start crying when he hugged the officer. He was crying beforehand whilst Jen was speaking to him. Oh. Uh, and to Alex, it looked like Devonte was being coached to approach the officer and that the tears were tears of fear and distress, not overwhelming feelings of universal love. <sighs> the word coercion was thrown around and it wasn't a good look for Jen and Sarah. Uh, they did actually receive death threats and stuff over it and claimed that they would have to dress the kids up to let them go outside without being recognised and hounded. Well, it's one of those <clears> things <throat> where I don't think that kids belong at things like that. Like, it's they're, hard. They're children. I know, but if you say that they belong at that, then what's? how can you then say that what, for example, the Westray Baptist Church do with their kids is wrong? I suppose, like, though, it's like a peaceful protest of sort of just... It is, but it's still your personal stuff. views and stuff like that, and I don't think you should be but necessarily taking your we, kids along to rallies and sort of I guess, putting them in that position. Going, aren't we all going to impart our political views to our kids, though? Even if we say you can make up your mind, aren't we going to want them to value the things we value? Yeah, but I, I just think that rallies and stuff like that is yeah. their children. I'm not so sure that. Yeah. So I suppose to me, if it's a peaceful thing, I kind of see it as like it's important to raise them in a culture of politics and mm. them be politically aware. But then but, at the same time, like yeah. the people that protest outside abortion clinics, they could mm. argue it's peaceful. They're not doing anything aside from yeah. signs and words. But I don't mm. think that, yeah, I think kids need to be like in the position where they can get a lot of, as you say, different views and thoughts and stuff like that mm. to make up their minds. Yeah. And not just this one funneled, filtered view, but it's hard yeah. to know how to do that. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Because as you oh, say, yeah. like you are, they are always going to be biases from your thoughts and feelings too. And yeah, um, but yeah. In <laughs> yeah, uh, in 2016, the Hearts said that their stress levels from all of this were so bad that they relocated to Washington. Um, and in the and I think that's the thing as well, like what you just said there. Maybe that's what I'm trying to explain. Like they're putting mm -hmm. them out in the public domain, much like mm -hmm. when people post pictures of their kids on social media and stuff. Yeah, 
which mm. I don't necessarily think is fair for the kids. Like, okay, they'll be raised and influenced by your views and stuff. But as you say, or like what you said, they are worried about their kids being recognised and stuff like that. So then because you're putting them out into the public, you're mm. changing that dynamic and that safety bubble for them quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. The sort of publicity stunts and stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so this came out in the course of the investigation, but also a lot more disturbing things came to light, shedding a very disruptive life light on that perfect family image that Jen and Sarah had cultivated for so long. Um, friends of the family couldn't believe the things that came out at first. And I lifted these quotes directly from the BBC News article in our um, show notes on the 2nd of April 2018, mm -hmm. if anyone wants to read that specifically. Um, the six adopted children came from hard backgrounds, family friend Max Ribner said. They transformed these kids' lives, he told US media. Zippy Lomax, which is a great name, um, <laughs> a photographer who knew the hearts, called it a tragic accident of a magnitude that cannot be measured. They were really radiant, warm, adventurous, inspiring people. They were always on some grand adventure, and the kids were living this life that was kind of like this dream. But those who thought they knew them best didn't seem to actually know them at all. And so now we're going to go back into a timeline from sort of adoption onwards of the worrying things that came out in the investigation. Um, okay. So in 2008, Jen and Sarah were questioned after six-year-old Hannah uh, went to school with bruises on her arm and said that she had been whipped. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Jen and Sarah claimed that she'd fallen down some stairs and they were believed over Hannah. See, so it's quite a big difference between the two yeah like, exactly <laughs> surely they would leave quite different bruises you'd think falling downstairs you're going to have bruises like other places as well and yeah you know not just bruises usually but yeah, yeah. uh in 2010 abby went to school and she was around six years old at this point and she told staff that her mom gave her an owie, which is just <laughs> that uh, word as well, like so little. Yeah. Uh, she was covered in bruises. Um, she was bruised on her stomach, her sternum, her back and her buttocks. All the so, places that if you ever do like safeguarding courses mm -hmm. are massive indicators of abuse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I'm sorry, how do you explain that? Yeah, I guess we're going to well, hear what they say. Yeah. Well, Abby's story was that she had been found with a penny in her pocket and accused of stealing it. Oh, no, uh, a penny. By her parents. Yeah. Who then punished her physically by, this is horrible, uh, especially thinking she's six. Abby said they held her head under cold water and punched her. What? Yep. Hang on, what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, that's not the sort of thing that a six-year-old makes up. No, exactly. Um, the school did report the injuries and the police were involved. Uh, Abby said that Jen did it, but Sarah was the one who confessed. Hang on. Claiming... <laughs> yeah. They, they literally confess and they've still got the kids. 
to waterboarding their six-year-old and punching her. Well, Sarah claimed that to punish Abby, she had bent her over the bath to spank her and it got out of hand. But she said that she Yeah. Apparently, she let her anger get out of control. And in court, Sarah claimed that they usually never resorted to corporal punishment. These are kids that you should never do that to kids anyway, but are from troubled, bloody backgrounds. Surely, if you're adopting them, they should be more quickly going to respond to saying you aren't fit to have them. Yeah, just like, I just can't believe that you can admit to that and still have six I know. children yep wow she was given one year of probation and community service so i don't let the bruises yeah. be seen for a year yep basically wow um and you know that November- that little girl is going to get it in the absolute yeah. neck for bringing for that telling. on them. exactly yeah between november 2010 to january 2011 there were actually six concerns surrounding abuse called into the authorities but, but she's CPS on fucking probation oh Why no is... this was 2010 oh yeah no yeah so 2010 so yeah she was on probation but oh yeah but cps cps felt there wasn't enough evidence of abuse or neglect but she's on probation for abuse that seems bonkers yep <laughs> wow mm-hmm. Uh, a friend actually called in a report at one point now in 2013 uh, because the family went to stay with her for a while um, and they got pizza in for tea. Mm-hmm. And the friend remembered that the kids were only allowed one small piece each and not like what? just a small piece, like Jen cut the slices in half and the kids were given a half slice each. What? Yeah. What? And that all they were allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. In in the night, one of the kids, I think it was Abby, but I'm not entirely sure, got up in the night and ate more of the pizza. And the next morning, the friend just like casually asked their husband like if they'd eaten the pizza out of the fridge. And Jen flipped out. Oh um, I heard from one source that Jen like dragged Abby out of bed where she was sleeping before getting everyone else up to be punished as well. How on earth does that um, make sense? For they're yeah. not going to do that unless they're hungry anyway. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. when we order pizza in, like because we order like one each for us because leftovers the next yeah. day. I feel like a twinge of guilt of like when we like order one for the two girls to share. Yeah, because you know I that know. they won't eat that much, but it's still just like oh, but we're getting ourselves a whole pizza, and you just feel yeah. Yeah, just that's the thing. Like, you it. It. yeah, because you care and love them and want them to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, their punishment was also so disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were forced to lie on their beds with sleep masks on, arms by their side, for five hours with no moving. What? And that—that's like literally torture tactics. That's like what people have done to prisoners of war to break them down for interrogation. That is what the like, SAS do to get you like used to torture yeah like that's like sensory deprivation torture like and with how they've been physical with them before you don't know during those five hours whether like you're just waiting i'm guessing for to get walloped or hit or waterboarded and you won't know it's coming and yeah 
it's the only reason to do that with the face mask and everything is to have that knowing that you're putting that fear and that unknown into them yeah uh the friend tried to talk to jen but she didn't see anything wrong and that's what they're happy to do in front of people yeah that's what really disturbed me i was like they're doing this in front of a friend like yeah so they think that that is like what do they do behind closed doors that to them is light. yeah that's light punishment to them yeah um yeah another report was made after one of the kids told someone that affection was withheld to be used as manipulation to get good pictures which just breaks my heart yeah um and another family friend reported to cps that the children were treated like they were in quote boot camp with laughter being punished laughter crying yeah laughter was punished crying was banned and any love or respect was absent from their lives is what they said like i know when like reports with cps and like you have to try and work with the families and stuff like that but surely the as you say the strikes for adopted children like you'd think that as you say there'd be i just i just don't see how with reports against them they're still like nothing's happening I know that they're just. Like, I don't to... want to say that they should be held to a higher standard, but it's like. No, but in a way, they should yeah, be the best in... of the best parents. If you're adopting yeah, exactly. troubled children, like it's hard being a parent anyway, and you're not always going yeah. to get things right. But the standards of, like as you say, the like understanding how to parent different techniques and stuff mm. like that. I feel like should be if you're adopting children you should be held to that yeah exactly almost standard yeah um yeah other people also said that the pictures were staged with the kids posing and then going back to sort of what was described as robotic shells afterwards Mm. basically um, in August 2013 CPS came and asked to interview each of the children individually but sadly, and as just so often happens in abusive situations, the kids all denied any abuse taking place because they were probably just too scared to admit anything. Especially well, also, as they were questioned. Well, they were questioned in the heart home as well. And also, they've had um, sort of gone through it before, haven't they, with the six-year-old who mm-hmm. reported them and everything, they're still yeah. stuck in that situation. It probably was worse after that had happened. So why yeah. would they believe that they can be helped? Exactly, yeah. Uh, Jen and Sarah also obviously denied any abuse. And they said that the kids had food issues to explain how thin they were. Um, what, all of which, them? Yep. And that's something that Jen... I feel like Jen was a very, very calculated person. Yeah. She cleverly gave the impression of being open um, about things like that. Like she'd refer to Jeremiah by the affectionate moniker of string bean on social media to make it seem like they weren't hiding anything. Yeah. Um, And they said, see, there's nothing wrong. We've got nothing to hide. We're being so transparent. Exactly. 
and they said that the kids acted out because of the prior neglect in their lives. Like, what? Maybe it's because of the current neglect. You've got to be so fucking twisted and evil to actively go out of your way to adopt children to to then treat like this. Yep. Uh, They blamed concerns from people on not understanding their unique and alternative lifestyle. And fuck off. I think that's the thing. People are often very wary of digging too deep or making accusations if they think they could be accused of discrimination. So I think that's why Jen played that card on more than one occasion of just, oh, people just don't understand. We're just different. Yeah. Like, we're gay and we've got, like a multiracial family like people are just uh, like confused by us i don't know well people don't approve so they're trying to cause trouble yeah exactly um cps actually did request a second assessment but because the children all denied the allegations this was declined (sighs) yeah it should never be declined based on the children no denying the allegations A medical exam was recommended instead, which did occur. Uh, Every single one of the six kids, except from Jeremiah, were below the expected weight and height for their ages. And Jeremiah Um, was the one that they referred to as string bean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the others are more. Apparently, yeah. Wow. Um, Devonte actually was visibly very thin as well. But the thing is, they moved around a lot. And so there weren't really, the person who carried out the medical exam didn't have prior medical records. So none of it was really... such a well-used tactic. Yeah, exactly. But they kind of recorded it as not a cause for extreme concern because they didn't have anything else to compare them to. Um, So yeah, continually, it was just lack of evidence behind the inaction of official bodies. Yeah. Um, after allegations and investigations started to occur, yeah, Jen and Sarah, like I just said, they were moved a lot. And, and I'm not saying this is what all people who do this are doing it for, just to uh, preface my next statement. Mm. Um, I definitely don't think this because I really advocate for um, home education as a tool but they did make another classic abuser move of pulling all the kids out of school. Yeah, so the the (laughs) teachers can't report what they're seeing. Yeah, exactly. Um, They'd done this before. Which is why I think if you want to homeschool, (laughs) fine, there's some people that that does work for, Mm. Um, but it should very much be that there are checks in place that you make sure it is for the children's best interests, Mm -hmm. that there's regular... I know when mum did it with us, there was like they had people come over and there should be yeah. those regular contact points for the children yeah yeah i'd agree that there should be check-ins definitely yeah. um yeah uh but yeah they had done this before at points but now it was permanent <clears throat> and yeah their logic i'm but gonna again, get that limit the- go on i was just gonna say <laughs> the fact that they've done it at points Mm. again like indicates that they did it when the kids had bruises or signs of abuse yeah exactly 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to guess their logic was limit the amount of contact people can have with the kids unsupervised by Jen and Sarah. So they're less likely that things will be noticed. It'll make it harder for the kids to disclose anything. And social media became the main way that the family connected with others, which can all be controlled and put out the way you want. Yeah. Um, Devonte as well specifically was the focus of a lot of Jen's social media and Sarah's, but they always sounded like Jen had written them, in my opinion, um, on Sarah's newsfeed. Uh, Jen loved to put Devonte in this like inspirational spotlight that feels ever so slightly, except not slightly, exploitative. Yeah. Um, because he was he was a very like charismatic bubbly kid um and yeah that really did come through a lot so i guess they were like oh this one's the best one to use for stuff yeah um, good like um oh, what's the word like spokesperson for everything's yeah, all exactly. right yeah um she really lent into him being a black boy recording in inverted commas supposed conversations with him where he'd be clapping back sassily and eloquently to racial stereotyping with jen building him up to be empowered and you know a parent doing that is obviously great but it just all sounds like such bullshit coming from them and it needs to be done um, in a way that isn't as you say like racist as well like because I feel like yeah, the flip side exactly. of that is you could very easily make that so they feel other and different and racist. and Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and there was one post that got a lot of attention um, that, honestly, it makes me kind of want to be sick because it's so staged. This fucking didn't happen. Um, so it was from November 8th, 2014. Okay. Uh, and Jen's writing. We were standing in the grocery checkout line. An elderly man was standing at the end of the bagging area, conversing with the woman checking us out. He spots our son, looks him up and down. Man, I can tell you are going to be a baseball player when you grow up. Son, pauses, tilts his head and gives a closed mouth grin. Actually, no, baseball isn't really my thing. Man, well, I can tell you are going to be a ball player. Son. And he's got brackets here. As his mom, I can tell there is slight frustration inside of him. No, I don't even play baseball. Check out, lady. Oh, I bet you're going to be a basketball or soccer player then. Son, no, I don't play any sports. It's just not my thing. There's nothing wrong with sports or anything. I just have other interests. Check out, lady. In a befuddled, nearly astonished voice. What? I have never met a kid that looks like you that doesn't play sports. Man, chuckling. Right? Never. They all do. It should probably be mentioned that my face was as red as my hair at this point. It was so obviously clear what was happening. While I wanted so badly to step in and protect my son from the ongoing racial stereotyping, I didn't. I let him step into his own power and he handled it brilliantly. Son. Well, of course you've never met a kid like me. I'm one of a kind. There's not another person like me. Man. Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Son. I'm here to help people. I'm here to inspire now. Man. Oh, so you're going to be a doctor? As he laughed while he said it. Not kidding. Son. No, I'm not. 
man. Well, being a doctor is the best way to help people. What are you going to do to help and inspire people? Son, putting the last of the bags in the cart. I'm going to be myself. No matter how much people try to make me something I am not. Have a great night. Flash's ginormous <laughs> smile. I think this kid will be all right, no matter what is tossed at him. That's, yes, that's so scripted. That is not how people <laughs> or children speak. Nope. Like, that and, is just so made up. <laughs> and even if it wasn't, I, I like how they go straight to the fact that, oh, it must be because of his skin colour as opposed to he's a boy. Like, yeah, that is a that's common thing to tall. say to any boy is, oh, are you going to play yeah. football or something like yeah. that? Or, like, especially if they are quite tall and lean, be like, oh, basketball, or... Yeah. It's just, like, not the most enlightened thing, but it's how a lot of well-meaning people just make conversation. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be... Yeah, like, she is very... She's really leaning into people are racist towards my kid and look, I'm letting him step into his own power. In such a scripted bullshit way. No kid talks like that. Nope. (laughs) So, yeah, that was just great uh, reading. Um, And just, I looked through a lot of posts from their social media and they're just drivel. They like drip with scriptedness and like wanting to stand out and look so i don't know like um what's the word i'm looking for uh kind of like empowering and forward thinking and yeah i don't yeah. know it's just no <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah if you want to make yourself feel shit look up on reddit like there's a there it'll be in the show notes as well a link to a thing where there's loads of screenshots of jen hart's social media posts i don't want to <laughs> i ended up scrolling through them for far too long seething um <laughs> yeah um as i said yeah that got loads of attention because people are gullible um yeah and it was picked up actually by the huffington post after it got so much attention um so they did an interview with jen and sarah and Jen told them, and this is about Devonte, that by the time he was four years old, he had smoked, consumed alcohol, handled guns, been shot at and suffered severe abuse and neglect. He knew only a handful of words, including fuck and shit. And he struggled to identify with the names of food, body parts and everyday objects. Devonte was a violent toddler and his health was weighed down by a heavy list of disabilities. And yeah, most of what they claimed was absolutely untrue and just designed to cast the couple as like saviors of these poor futureless yeah. kids i mean what like, did he do as a toddler he smacked someone or bit someone like normal toddler behavior yeah i don't know yeah and you know granted these kids did need giving a good life away from mm. the situations they came from they obviously didn't come from happy homes but Jen and Sarah were clearly using that to get admirers and compliments. Like it wasn't yeah. about the actual kids. It was about giving the illusion of nurturing. Um, yeah. After the Huffington Post article and all the negative ne- meh, negativity from the uh, like Black Lives Matter protest, mm-hmm. the apparent stress, as I mentioned earlier, caused the family to move again. 
And friends kind of wonder whether the spotlight which Jen had sought so much to be in, along with Sarah, was actually, like, despite her loving the attention and validation and admiration from others, whether it was just getting too difficult to maintain along the double life of neglect that was the true picture. Yeah. And that, like, she couldn't cope with the way that she wasn't always able to be in control once people picked things up and, yeah whether it was getting too hard to hide that neglect um, yeah. and give off that amazing life. Um, after the family retreated further from public spaces in real life, by 2016, they'd moved to Woodland, Washington. Um, and Jen really got into like <laughs> online gaming. Okay. <laughs> he was like addicted to the online gaming community. And I'm not, entirely sure what she played from the documentary i watched it i don't know it was some kind of fantasy thing it wasn't like world of warcraft or anything but kind of similar okay um and anyway yeah i guess this was a platform that she could control her image in more easily yeah. again i think i heard in one source as well that she had skype family or friends but only with two kids at a time so again like that control and that tight grip to make sure the kids can't say anything yeah. about their situation and sort of making sure in a way I kind of wonder whether only having two at a time was like to maintain control and like order maybe like all six together would weren't controllable easily I don't know um but yeah, in yeah, if you, the if you online control two children, you got two hands and that. Like as you say, like yeah. the um, gypsy rose, like she'd mm. sit right next to her mum, but all the control was through squeezing her hand too hard so it hurt, or yeah, you know, able to give her cues true. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder whether that played into it a bit. Yeah, unfortunately, you think if you've got your arms round two of your children and they're sat on your lap, you can easily make it known to them. Yeah, right? if they're the displeasing thing. you or need to be quiet or. Yeah, um, in the online gaming, Jen would chat about her family and once again, like oozed happiness and the image of a perfect family life. But you know, as we already know, this was just a veneer. <laughs> um, yeah. The abuse wasn't just directed towards the kids either. There seemed to have been large cracks in Jen and Sarah's relationship too. Um, Sarah worked whilst Jen was a stay-at-home mum, if you can call her that. Yeah. And once they were living, in... yeah, exactly. Once they were living in Woodland, Sarah worked as an assistant manager at Coles. Um, okay. I haven't heard of that store, so I looked it up. Um, it's a big department store. It's like the biggest chain department store in the US and oh, okay. fairly expensive. Like, I guess maybe comparable to like John Lewis over here. Yeah. Um, you know, they sell like designer clothes, homeware and home furnishings, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, apparently there was a day where Jen rang Sarah at work. One of her colleagues told her that Jen was on the phone and Sarah like looked at the time before saying like, oh, shit and looked really anxious. And it turns out she'd missed being in an online raid that she'd promised Jen she'd take part in. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and Jen was livid. 
and like shouted at Sarah and also emotionally manipulated her, threatening her, saying that she might as well kill herself. Jesus. Yeah, okay, be disappointed, but that's extreme. But also it's like she was at work. Yeah. And it's an online game. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah, Yeah. if that's how you respond to your partner over a game, it can only make you wonder how they respond over things that matter. Yeah, like I could understand if it was like, we've not had any couple time in ages, let's plan this and put this in, and then being disappointed, but... But not whilst they're at fucking work, for one thing. No. And not then, like, screaming at them and saying you might as well kill yourself. No, exactly. Yeah. Be disappointed and get over it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah. um, I think that is actually where I'm going to end this episode because we are sort of about halfway through and... The next bit is where it starts to get really crazy, to be oh. fair. Because it's not being you know, bad enough as, as yeah. it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to pause there with um, that lovely snippet about Jen and Sarah's relationship as well. And next week we'll pick back up on kind of unfortunately what seems to be the lead-in to that car accident and the the death of the whole family so just quickly um Mm -hmm. just a question do it jen was the one who was like abusive to her partner in that as well yes was she the one that the kids all said was abusive like was it a case of she was the one sort of running all that abuse or was it yes she is the one that they said had hit them when allegations were made okay so Um, sort of like she's like almost when you see um the people that have got like really young babies and that and they end up with a boyfriend that ends up abusing the child and yeah they're bloody scummy as well because they stand back and don't protect the child but Mm. they're not the ones actually doing it yeah there is a point where one of the children discloses to somebody else that sarah actually tried to stand up to jen about the abuse at first but then just in the end got beaten down and stopped trying to stop her so yeah Yeah. it does seem like maybe both of them yeah not excusing sarah from her part in it but yes it does her part's definitely much more of sort of being abused and standing back herself yeah not sort of having that strength to protect the kids yeah it seems much more like she's allowing it to happen rather yeah. than actively doing it. Um, yeah. You, yeah, you sort of wonder, would she have got to that point if they'd never met? Um, yeah. In abusive relationships and, you know, even when you've got those relationships of, like, two killers who find yeah. each other, often one of them is much stronger and dominant and pushes it along to happen, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, but it's it's a pretty horrific case, really. I feel like I've just totally ruined your week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Um, 
Well. Yeah. So okay. I kind of I ended up seeing a documentary on it and being like, oh, I I'm going to cover this, and <laughs> this yeah. is why I don't do true crime. I always end up picking awful ones. But that's the problem as well. Is like writing the episodes and that I can't write an episode unless mm. it's one that I has grabbed my attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I never understood it before when other podcasts would say, like, oh, I've been struggling to write one. I changed yeah. my mind because it wasn't flowing. And yeah, yeah, it really does happen. But even though I've got plenty in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to cover that at some point. Yeah, same. I, yeah, it really depends what one you pick or whether you end up just coming across a new one because none of them have grabbed you yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Hopefully people look after themselves and go and do something that bleaches us out of your brain until next week. Yes, unfortunately, there wasn't supposed to be another week of it, but we've got two weeks now because both of us are a bit strapped for time this week. We don't yes. have time to record a two-hour episode. <laughs> no. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm going to go and give mine a hug. <laughs> Yeah, do. Whenever yes, I hear got... stuff about kids, it just makes you want to go and like make sure they're okay and give them cuddles. Yeah, yeah. If you've got kids or pets or just other loved ones around you, maybe just yeah, have a little cuddle. Yeah, and go do something nice and to take your mind off everything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go into the freezing cold, and then. Uh, come home, prepare for going out to martial arts early tomorrow, then going to the freezing cold of an assault course. <laughs> and, yeah, hopefully you're feeling better for that. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Early yeah. night for me tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. well, and we will catch you all next week for those that come back for part two. Yes, please, please come back and I'll promise yeah. I'll do another like wilderness story next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right see you later, later. Bye. bye bye bye